0: Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie. Jamie. Hello everybody. Business people who study retail talk about big boxes or superstores stores in many categories. But how about for power equipment? Tractors, mowers, snow plows, log splitters. For families and farms in the metro Detroit area, we're talking one name, Weingarts. I recently was introduced to Dan Weingarts, third generation leader of his family firm, and I can't thank him enough for embodying the concept of generation excellence. I promise you that this podcast will be instructive as I learned so much about the Weingartz family business story. Let's dive right in. I was talking to people that have these generational businesses that I knew a little bit, or I sure. knew their stories, Yep. but I still learned things and heard things, yep. whereas yours, I know your brand and your business. But I don't know your story. Right? You know, yeah. about it. Yeah. so I'm I get to be like the really like the yeah. listener, interviewer, yeah, the, the real interviewer, the listener, learning yeah. the whole thing, and and we'll follow up, up an approach which is kind of you know looking back, looking ahead, what's right now, but great. we can free flow. There are no rules. So great, but I'd I'd love to know you know. Dan Weingartz as a third generation family member of this business, right? That's yep. correct?
1: Yes, yep. third generation.
0: What, grandparents and whoever, what is that's founding story? And what were the roots of this business?
1: So, yeah, we started in 1945 as a feed and farm supply store in Utica. So um, we're in home
0: headquarters. We're in Have home head headquarters. Yep.
1: Okay. Been added on to a couple of times or a couple dozen times, I guess, actually sent since then, but, um, it, by my grandfather. My grandfather was kind of a truck driver by trade. He, um, out in this area, it was very uh, much the kind of the family farms were okay. were around. And uh, so this is, uh, it was the first business on kind of this stretch for about 10 miles. And so they, uh, they opened up here kind of almost like a general store, you know, it was, you know, the, the feed and, Baby chicks, and, uh, and and when you say a, they, oh, that well, be- so it'd been my my uh, grandmother and grandfather, and my my father. My father was seven years old when the business started, okay. um, but worked in the business since it started. <laughs> and so, um, when um, like when my grandfather would go out on deliveries. He, my my dad would be alone in the store as the the one person kind of tending the shop at seven years old. And this, so
0: this is basically right at the end of World War Two. End of the
1: World War Two, yep. And, and
0: what was your grandfather doing before that, or
1: um, uh, driving a truck um, okay. for and, and you know and this is I I'm not sure of what so that working story for is for somebody else. Yeah, and then started started his up own thing. The, yep, okay. started up his own business. Um, kind of grew up in, in the Warren Centerline area and then had come out um, to Utica to start this business. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of the story. And then as the uh, kind of the neighborhood changed around here and the community changed from, from farmland to suburban, um, we more and more brought on power equipment. And so there was, uh, you know, it started kind of like with walk what they call walk behind tractors, which would be kind of like tillers today, but they okay. would have attachments on them. And so we did that stuff through relatively early on in the, in the 50s and 60s. And then about the 1975, and it was around when my grandfather had passed, decided to get rid of all the feed and farm supply and go strictly to to power equipment. And that's uh, kind of what we've been doing since. Um, you know the business has certainly changed a lot but the core of the business has been you know lawnmowers, uh tractors chainsaws that kind of business since um since the kind of mid 70s
0: so what's your earliest memory of the business you know, so, going into somewhere as a kid and- yeah
1: so it was you know so it's the store here in utica and um so to say earliest memory would be would be tough because Um, I always said this was more home to me than probably any house I ever lived in. And um, so, um, you know, kind of grew up here. I started working when I was 12 or 13. take your child to work day was a lot of days. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of days, yeah, (laughs) yeah. By the time, and so because I'm number six of seven siblings. And so my older brothers and sisters had all, and um, there's a little bit of an age gap between, um, so there's uh, um, 13 years between me and my oldest sibling. And so they were fully working here by the time I was five or six years old. You know, they were pretty, um, you know, kind of, you know, part of the the team here. And so so I would come up just to hang out with my, my siblings sometimes when I was really young. And then about when I was 12 or 13, Probably at twelve, I'd come up and do a little bit of sweeping floors and and helping out, and Dad would take me to lunch, kind of thing. And then by the time I was thirteen, I was working, you know what would be a, like a full part time job, almost almost a full time so part time job. When did you first
0: get paid? That
1: yeah. would have been that would have been like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So the summer the summer after I turned thirteen. um then that's when I started getting paid because it was then I didn't get paid by lunch. Um, it was that I actually got a paycheck, I think at three and a quarter an hour and- um, It's awesome how
0: everybody remembers
1: that, that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, yep. for me it was crazy money at 13 years yep. old. And, um, and so yeah, then I was probably in the summertime working you know 50 hours a week and working during the school year probably working 30 25 or 30 and so from then until um until i went away to college and so um so yeah it's it is to, to go with earliest memory is difficult because um it was really has, has always been just a big part of my life
0: and so before we go about going to college yeah uh, how, how how many of your so how many weingarts family members are involved in the business today
1: so um, so there's uh, five of us that work of the seven that work actively in the business. Um, four of us are partners in the business today, and um, and all of us did up until. So I've had a couple of siblings that have retired from the business. Okay. Uh, so um, so all of us did up until wow. retirement. So there, all seven of us had worked in the business at one time. All seven of us were partners together, and so and that's a kind of a neat story to get um, to because that's. Um, while there's always these horror stories about family businesses and how they transition, ours has been- That went pretty smoothly and- Wonderfully. Well, I mean, that's, it's gone great and we've- um,
0: I'm not out seeking out the, the HBO-like horror stories. It's yeah, yeah, more, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's encouraging to hear those. Yeah, and, and it really positive. has been. It's
1: It's been very, very positive. And, uh, and then um, super excited that We've got five fourth generation um, currently making a career get to in the that, Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so um, still very much lots of family around here, and um, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's always been very much family owned and operated. Um, it's um, you know obviously as we've brought on and grown and added more employees, that our influence has been is less than it used to be. It used to be, you know, you couldn't shake a stick without hitting the wine guards kind of in the <laughs> store. Um, but as we've gone- How um,
0: many in one room at the same, same time? Same time,
1: yeah. well, yeah, I mean, cause that it, it was, uh, there was eight of us working in one store um, until we opened our, our store, our second store in Farmington Hills in 93. Oh, uh, up until that point, um, there were eight of us out of you know, thirty employees. Eight mm. of them were, you know, kind of um, my my dad and his seven kids, um, you know, working in the business. So we we've, we've worked really closely together, and uh, and so now, obviously, as we spread that out, instead now over four hundred ninety employees, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not quite as. Um, but there's still there's, it's there's it's a bunch of us. Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's still a bunch of us. When around. you
0: went when you went off to 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 college, mm-hmm. yep. was it uh, definite in your mind you were going to do that and go into this business? Were you or some of your siblings thought about pursue other things? Was that yeah. accepted, allowed? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, the so joke you, in our no. family is
0: three people in the advertising business of four siblings and the, my fourth lawyer, who's now a federal judge,
1: Yeah, and we call her the black sheep. She's black sheep, yeah. so, <laughs> yes. So that, very similar to them, it's uh, and so I was the first to go to college. Um, And um, it was not like you see in the movies. It was um, very much like, uh, you know, why are you going away to college? Is Mm. that this was, you know, this is the family business. This is what we, I I shouldn't say, not with my siblings so much, um, but with with my dad, it was, um, now in hindsight, he loved that I went away. Um, I, more so than my siblings at the age that they, uh, um, I needed to grow up. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, so no, I went away to school with the idea that- Most people was, at that age yeah, need to grow yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I was, um, you know, I was too smart to be a lawnmower salesman and I was, you know, I was going to go into the corporate world and mm-hmm. that, was, that was my, so my intention is I left um, for college with the idea that I was not coming back to the business and there was no chance. I was coming back.
0: I'm similar in that, okay, my grandfather did this, my father's this, I wanted to do something else. else. Just, and it wasn't, it was never judging them or knocking them out right, exactly. or being proud of that. It was just sort of wanting to do something else or could I do something, something else? Something
1: else, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was like this uh, predestination that, that was really um, not appealing to me um, until about my third year of college. And I realized how much I really missed um when I actually was staring out into what am I gonna do? You know, who mm-hmm. am I gonna go work for and where am I gonna go? You know, and everyone, and, and all your classmates it. are caught up in that craziness. craziness. Yeah. And I keep on thinking, I'm like, the perfect job for me is not as good as the what? job that I left. And um because I loved work, the working with my family and I loved everything about what we did and um and I felt like, you know, there was a part of me that felt good at it, you know? And there was like, there was this, all of these pieces and I'm like, um, boy, that was, you know? And so I came back and kind of did the, he did, you know, if there's a place for me, I'd really like to come back into the business. And, um, and it was uh, very much, you know, there was never, it was wide open arms and he was, you know, really happy, and, and in hindsight, he said he was very happy that I went out to college because his fear would've been that I would've re- regretted it. You know, I always been, would've been, what if, what if, what if, sure. and I can say, from the day that I started after, um, you know, kind of started in my career after after college was done, I've never looked back and said, Oh, I wonder what would have happened if I would have went into the That's corporate great. world, and and so so the contentment was definitely much better and worth the probably the four year hiatus. Yes, yeah. I mean
0: you got a yeah. multi location business with five hundred people and all its complexity. You're in the corporate world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it's, <just> too. A, <laughs> it's it's a family business too. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're about the company's about to celebrate seventy five yes. milestone. Yeah. So you're planning for that. Yep. You're also probably looking past that. So what? what do you, I mean, what's the future look like for wine yards? What do you, when you get to offsite strategic yeah. planning, whatever you call it, what are you all talking about?
1: Yeah. And so, um, so it's a, a lot of like, we don't exactly know. So um, we're kind of believers that three to five year plans are good. Um, anything else is just dreams, you know, okay. it's like, you know, it's just too it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's it, How much is the industry going to change? You know, how much is retail going to change? Um, but a big part of us is how do we take what we do know and, and not go too far off script, but get involved in other pieces of the business that might be, um, so, um, about 25 years ago, we, um. We started a wholesale distribution business. So we're actually kind of a supplier to um to dealers like uh like Weingarts in a, um, throughout in the kind geography. of Great Lakes. Yeah, okay. yeah, like throughout the Great Lakes region. And so so that has been a really nice extension for us. And um my sister and partner Bev runs that company and and uh has been tremendously successful and that's been a nice, you know, kind of uh integration of of, you know, kind of what we know about power equipment, what we know about the industry. And then in the last three years, we've done two partnerships, um, which are things that we we didn't think we would want to do because, you know, we always dealt with this kind of family partnership and it's gone very well, um, but we found two uh, young entrepreneurs um, in our industry that um, were doing things that we really weren't good at yet. and. Uh, so the first was um, a gentleman by the name of Chris Ball he had a really fast growing e-commerce business in our city. So you
0: kind of support them and you learn from, you let them yep. I- I try new ideas and learn from it and all yes, that. Okay. Yes,
1: and so we created these partnerships, we bought into the company to be able to give kind of the the financial backing and the resources to be able to grow the business to help with some of the infrastructure. you know One of the things that we were challenged with is in each iteration of growth that we had, was, you know, how do we put the systems and processes and sure. people in place to be able to make sure that this growth doesn't consume us? And so those were kind of things that were attractive to. Um, to him as, as he was growing. As he says, you know, this is the stuff I keep on bumping up again against, whether it's HR or finance, or and and we said, you know, those are things that we we've can help with. Through. We've we, been through. We can we can help shepherd. We can power that. through it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so, um, so uh, we created this partnership to do um, where uh, we joined our e-commerce operations. We had been doing e-commerce for some time. Um, he had been doing it at a much higher level than we had. and so okay. so um, it's still in our industry, um, selling parts um, all over the country. Um, and uh, and so we've opened up that business and expanded it dramatically, where that's uh, uh, by far the fastest growing piece of our business. And so and then uh, about so a year physical ago, retail distribution, e-commerce, commerce. And, and and then about a year ago, um, we got involved uh, with another young entrepreneur in Canada that w- that is sourcing um, a lot of the parts that we're uh, that we sell um, in China, and so kind of a direct source relationship, and um, and so um, we opened up uh, some opportunity to do some private um, label branding of. Of uh, of parts and kind of shorten up that supply chain, um, and so that has been uh, you know a great relationship as well and very similar um, in the fact that you know just um, kind of helping to shepherd the growth. I mean, growing at um, over a hundred percent a year wow. and trying to figure out you know how do we how do we finance this how do we manage it from a um, from a kind of a systems and process standpoint and so. We're, we lend that support. they bring um, the kind of the knowledge and energy that, that of, of that specific industry. Um, you know our partner there spends uh, several trips a year um, into Asia to, to find suppliers and and uh, and has an engineering team to build you know kind of design the parts. And so those are um, things that we look and say, you know, could we have done it on our own? Maybe, but not the, what we would have risked in time. I, would have the, been, I mean, you just, sit
0: there and make that that calculus of build it, buy it, or partner, it, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and, and and as you pursue those things, are those decisions then that you multiple siblings have to bless? Yeah. Or, okay.
1: Yeah. So anything yeah. like that, that would be you know, uh, that a unanimous board approval. You know, so we've got. Our board of directors is, um, you know, is the four owners. Um, most things we can do with simple majority. But when we talk about, you know, kind of a major business line, expansion, are there
0: non-family or outside people on that board? No, it's okay. just the four partners.
1: And um, and so um, that is, um, you know, so that that requires kind of a unanimous decision. And and I would say that uh, almost all of our decisions are unanimous because you know we usually are not. Um, We've got very similar ideas of, we're pretty aggressive about the growth of the business. Um, we all wanna see kind of where it where it can go. Um, and, and so, you know, when these opportunities come up, they, uh, they're always very interesting to us.
0: So, yeah, everybody talks about so-called taking their business to the next level, right? But yeah. what, what is that for Weingarts yeah. over that next three, five years? Yeah,
1: so that's interesting because um, We, we're not, you know, I'd love to say that we've got these grand plans. Um, We really don't, you know, for for certain, you know, we wanna grow. um, So we think there's opportunities, significant opportunities to organically grow both our retail and distribution businesses that are pretty mature businesses um, that are kind of the backbone of what we do. Um, But then it's, you know, how do we kind of feed the the fire and and find out where we can go with mm-hmm. the, with things like e-commerce and and sourcing because and those two businesses dovetail so much into one another because most um about yeah, you're learning a lot about logistics of, fulfillment shipping all of that yeah, so. yeah. and uh, and about 95 percent of what we source goes gets sold through our e-commerce division and so um, so those are you know opportunities where we say you know it, it gives us a lot of energy, you know. It gives us a lot of because that's um, because we're like we're not exactly sure, um, you know. We certainly believe that that uh, our e-commerce business could be at least as big as our is um, our retail operation in in five years and maybe within three years. I mean, and uh, wow. and the same with the part sourcing business. We think that those are opportunities to take you know things that are um, nice size now. But really, kind of, um, you know, blow up into, you know, there's very much the opportunity that each of those could be hundred million dollar operations. <laughs> harder. I'm in a professional services business. It's
0: harder to find those things yeah, that yeah. have that kind <laughs> yeah. of scalability. But yeah. uh, I guess if it's in ad tech, martech, that has the faster growing rates. Uh, as you as you assess those opportunities, you talk about those partnerships, whatever. Yep. Connect that back to what you know of sort of. What your grandfather and grandmother started, and your dad working out like what are these voices you hear in your head, or or assessments like the old "What would Dad say?" or yeah, something like I, that? I, I, what, what, is there any of that that you go through or think about, or yeah, and what's that like? Yeah,
1: so um, so like, my dad was um, a consummate entrepreneur. He was somebody who um, he, never reckless. But would certainly take risks okay. that um, are uncomfortable even for us and our siblings, who are known as being pretty high-level risk um, takers. And so, so there's so much of it is like, is he would, um, he really did have this kind of at peace with if a decision is going could sink the company did we have the right intention? Did we have, so there was always we is the right thought it process. Yeah, exactly.
0: So what were some of those risks from that second generation then? Was it was the uh, new locations or?
1: Uh, so when we built our store, so there will, I, I always say we'll never take a bigger risk than, than he took when we built our second location in Farmington Hills. Okay. Um, quite literally, you know, so we were, um, as far as independent power equipment dealers went, we were, we were pretty good size and um, and pretty well known, kind of in the industry. And um, we built this store that was roughly kind of like twice as big as anything that had ever been built before. And uh, and so and that was when what nineteen ninety three okay and. Um, you know, got a lot of kind of press about it. And, you know, this, you know, superstore, power equipment superstore they're putting in in Farmington Hills, Michigan, and, and all of these things. And um, it basically, we know... It
0: basically lived right there.
1: Ten okay. Mile
0: meets Grand River meets Haggerty in right around as you were building it and I'll be darned. moved to Baltimore. so oh, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, oh, how I, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could walk
1: I there. I ran past it. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I did. And I did. then the car dealerships that, that also came in, in with, Ford. well, yep. yeah. So we were pretty fortunate that we put in and then all the, you know, around Land you. Rover and mm-hmm. uh, and Cadillac and everybody came into town. And so, um, but the, the reality is a lot of well-wishers. We were pretty well-respected in the industry, but we know, and we knew at the time that the talk was, well, oh, this is the this is the move that puts them on. You know, uh-huh. it's like like this was the move um, because it was nobody had ever done anything like that before. Um, there was quite literally not another model like that in the country, and um, and he just had this conviction that you know this is what customers want. <laughs> this is how this is how customers want to buy, and um, and. Um, so and within what was happening in that geography, yeah, absolutely. The vision for it, obviously, yeah, absolutely. And and he will always, you know, he would always say that there was there was a fair amount of luck there um, because sure. that exact location, the way it blew up all the way around us, was was outstanding. Because um, we had looked at locations and Howell and and different places that would have all been good, but you um, found by, the, you know, you we saw the those, sweet spot. The sweet spot, yeah, and so. Um, and then in a, in a matter of, uh, it was about four years, our business had quadrupled, is that, so not That's only great. did we did we take, you know, both, both current stores were twice as big. We had added on to our store in Utica to make it look more like, um, within about two or three years from opening in Farmington Hills, to make it look like Farmington Hills, because we really kind of thought that, you know, that was what, you know what customers were looking for. So so when I look at those risks, anything that we do from here on out will pale um in comparison okay. because that was really laying well, that's, all that's, of it that's on the, the line. Model. And, yeah. and, and,
0: and and I mean I haven't done that many of these interviews in this podcast, but if there's one common theme with these generational things is there's something that some buddies did yeah. where others were calling them crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: yeah. uh it, And most of the times it worked out. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting having conversations. (laughs) But that, that thing. So, in that of those risks, is there a famous one that that didn't work that also? Yeah. Just
1: so I would say the biggest. Not on this grand scale, but yeah, yeah. So the biggest, you know, um, kind of, I guess I would say emotional failure that we had. You know, because, um, you know, we were kind of in the. You know, we're, you know, when we did things, they, they had a tendency to work out. We did a distribution business and, you know, it exploded and we were doing really well. And, and so um, we bought um, a, a dealership out that had two locations, one in Waterford and uh, one in Clinton Township. And we were a bit nervous. Clinton Township, uh, the store was only about five miles from our store in Utica. We were concerned that it was too close, that cannibalization was gonna be a problem. Um, but I, I also look at this as like, it's, it's a disappointment that ended up being a giant, like, success story in in my mind, is that we put a lot of time and resources and family members put a lot of their, you know, kind of blood, sweat and tears into getting that store up and running and, 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 and doing well. But ultimately, we found that it was there was a, there was a lot of cannibalization. And so in relatively short order, um, we had operated that store for about three years um, before we decided to close it. And that's the um, still the only store that we've ever closed. Um, and But it was great in that when we saw it, we, it, it, I was really proud of the fact that our kind of emotional attachment to the work that you put in, that we could all come together and say, you know, I, they had a brother who, I mean, really put a ton of work into getting that store great. And he was the first to say, it, it just doesn't make sense. Wow. You know, it doesn't, you, have, admit it, that, you, got, you got to be able to, yeah, it. it's it's difficult, but, but he's like, yeah, just, you know, it's so that always you, too close. That what and, do
0: you stop doing decision is hard to do too, right? Yeah, that exactly. Talk about.
1: yeah, And, uh, but it was great that we were able to do that and kind of come to a pretty, you know, solid decision pretty quickly before, it really was a significant drive to yeah, business. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was good.
0: What what do you do? I see you have a small library of business or management books in your office here. Yeah. You've got a bunch of, you know, family in the business. How do you all as a family, you yourself, stay inspired, learn, get yep. coached? What are I mean, you know, I mean no executive peer groups is one, but what yeah. else what do you use for for that?
1: Yeah, and so probably a couple of different things. So from a learning standpoint, I I love um, to learn from others. I just, you know, they talk about peer groups and I I love that of uh, sharing and just uh, being able to to talk through things. I'm, I by nature I kind of learn through through talking I'm and, and, and and so, so I'm we doing this. This, yeah <laughs> yeah. And so we I get a lot from the energy of others of you know, that really that's a cool idea. I really want to and um and so I come off of a lot of um, you know and and I love talking to like right now it's it's unbelievable to have these two um kind of early 30s entrepreneurs sure. in the in in our team because I'm always like, oh, you know what? I, they think that they're learning from me, on you know the, all uh, of these things. And I'm like, "Oh, that's a cool idea! I got to do let's this." Let's see what and, the kids are doing. So <laughs> to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It goes, <laughs> yep. um, I, and then and, you, and watching them do their thing, and it's growing, and they're blossoming, and you just—it's exciting, right? it, it, yeah. It's
1: totally exciting. And then you know, I um, so our our business has always um, been based on that. There's got to be something bigger um, because um, I'm grateful to say that, um, like we're highly competitive, we're highly driven, um, but the the financial rewards have never been um, that important to us, and and I think it's one of the reasons why we've been able to do kind of the, the transitions of ownership and all these things because because there's just this really strong desire of. You know how do we keep the organization healthy? How do we keep the, um, you know, th- things growing? How do we, you know, build something for our employees and our customers, and for the community? So a sure. big part of what we do is like has been always been, kind of this, this charitable piece. Yeah, and, thank you for going uh, there. Yeah, I, yeah. I,
0: it. it, it I, I wanted to ask about that, and I'm sure it's, you it's important to the soul of the place. So it tell, it really, tell, tell me about yeah, that. A bit. Yeah,
1: it is, and and. Um, you know, and this is not, you know, whenever, when I talk about this, I don't want to make it sound like, like this is um, like, like that somehow we're better than, it, it has nothing to do with that. It is how we keep focused. It's okay. like, so it's really good for us to be, because otherwise there's this, um, you, know, you know, why continue to work hard when, you know, the business has gotten to a point where, um, we're, we live, you know, we're relatively, you know, we live nice, you know, kind of lifestyles, but not anything extravagant. We could could support it, we could run on cruise control and and that would be, it would make more sense to a lot of people. People will say, you know, why do you want to, you know, why do you still work so much? And, you know, all of that kind of, and it is because um, the driving force is like, what can we do um, for this charitable arm of our, of our organization. We started a family foundation. Oh, great, okay. Um, several years ago. And one of the things that when we came together and bought the business from um, my, so my parents are tremendously generous people, have always been and kind of taught us um, that from a from very, very young age. And um, when we, the seven of us decided to buy the business, we actually came up with this formula of You know, it's kind of like the business gets paid first, charity gets paid second, we get paid third. This is how, you know, and we set up this formula in a way that, um, again, there was dreams out there um, of where could it go? We never thought that it would hit those things.
0: That that <laughs> formula was your own creation? Did you, yeah. were you guided from somewhere else on that formula?
1: No? No, okay. Yeah. it was just uh, something that Have others come
0: to you about that formula to actually, instill it in their honestly, own organization? Honestly, I'm not
1: sure if I've ever spoke about it. No, okay. until okay. That, until I've, I've said it to a couple of people one-on-one and, and they've asked, you know, so I've shared it with, with a couple of kind of like-minded um, um, folks. But, um, but it really, um, it was like at the time, if we would have had to make the decision, oh, well, that will mean that you're going to write a check to the foundation for this much money. We probably would have said, oh, yeah, no, hold on, let's change the formula. That's too. Okay. But at the time, we're like, oh, that's just you know, those things aren't never going to happen. And um, and so uh, it's been this great thing um, for us because it's something we don't like. This is who we are, this is how the business is built. And um, and it really keeps us very much driven because we're like, oh, these charities absolutely need driven, more money. Driven and grounded yeah, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. What,
0: what, keeps the greed out of the. The, the Weingart's so Family Foundation then, what is its uh, focus or what are the charities or areas that it tries to support and, yeah. and develop?
1: So the mission is, um, in, in a nutshell, is to, uh, help uh, people that are in need, either spiritually or materially. And um, so the biggest, I would say our biggest, what we feel is our biggest call is um, to developing countries. So we do a lot with poverty uh, relief efforts in developing countries. And and how do we kind of try to break cycles of poverty and um, through, uh, education and, you know, so sometimes it's education or housing or, so that's the the, the single biggest, but also at home, you know, so we do um, some things with, you know, the local food banks and, and poverty relief, relief efforts. And then I would say then, you know, the, the spiritual pieces is, is also, you know, are there, um, you know, places where, you know, where we've got, uh, you know, mental illness or, or things that addiction and things like that where, so those would be kind of how things line up, um, you know, for us is, um, and those are, again, it's great. We've got a family that shares those kind of all that, those thoughts. Um, we, uh, we talk about those are, those are the most fun twice a year we meet as a family foundation board, even the, the members who are no longer um, that, you know, kind of partners in the business I'm um, served on the foundation, foundation board. board and, and those are That's great wonderful. meetings. Yeah. And, and so we and love them. Do you find
0: the, the, I, I'm guessing that you call every, you know, the whole group that works here is sort of the extended wine family. Right? Yeah, yep, sure. Employees have been, you probably have people with you, 10, 20, 30 years. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 45. Are they, are they, involved in the efforts of the foundation at all? Or they just know about it and and and
1: yeah so the uh, they know about s- yeah they know some of the efforts that we do through the business. Um the family foundation um, not as much and okay. so and because then there is um because there is kind of the tension that people that know um the longtime people it's um you know are, are very much on board they know that's kind of who we are but, but for the general employees, you know, whether or not they would agree with how we, you know, some people, and, and this is one of those things, like I say, it's not us being better. I actually absolutely understand the argument that says you should invest that money back into the business um, because, you know, that would make, you know, for a stronger health, you know, more robust growing, faster growing business. I agree with, I I don't disagree with that at all. I don't think that like the way we're doing it is better. It's just better for us because that's our drive. If
0: you were doing that as the person running the business, because that's what I have to do to maximize value for the shareholders. But it sounds like this is incredibly valuable for the shareholders. The business roundtable is going through this on a, on a, Fortune 500 level, yeah. and you're going, oh, we already figured that out 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, and so you, you hit right the But you're on not prescribing in, it for other businesses. It's, it's like, enough. was the right thing for, for, for you? For us, for us, that drive is is so strong that it keeps everybody very aligned. You know, so what we've said is um, one of the pitfalls of family business is when greed creeps in, and there just is no place for it. You know, really, that's where the the challenges lie is, you know, when you start looking at self-interest, when you start looking at it's, and, and this, I I think for us has kept, all of us are susceptible to that. Like, you know, all of us, you know, look for self-interest at times and all of us can be greedy at times. So how do we keep that at bay as much as possible? And this has been the way that for us to be able to do that is to say, okay, you know, we've got this shared vision, mission of what we're gonna do, what this business supports, so now let's, um, you know, it becomes less about us, it becomes more about, and I will say, the, the coolest thing is, it's an incredibly powerful message to the fourth generation. Sure. It's like for them- um, Given so the generations like, that they're in and all yeah, of those labels like just, and- yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And just because I think ultimately, regardless of your generation, people wanna be a part of something, you know? And and if you can clearly state and you know, they're obviously at a different spot where they've kind of got, you know, open look at the, at the business, you know, at the everything in the business, they are, um these are all you know people that we fished back from other you know we've got a we've got a rule in our business you got to go spend two spend years some, of time we have a similar of,
0: successful work experience outside the business, business. right yep, yep yep
1: and uh and when you know when we go to kind of try to bring them which is into interesting the business, to have that
0: rule now because you didn't face that but you yeah. go we know as we've grown and how they'll be perceived we need to have something
1: like yeah, that. that absolutely and and because you know, I don't want anybody ever looking back and saying, you know, what if, what and if? if you know. And so, um, it, each of them would say a huge compelling reason that, um, so being a part of the family business, very much so. Um, my uh, my grand, my father's legacy, their grandfather, you know, was was absolutely something that they wanted to be a part of. Um, but this kind of focus on the charity and understanding how, our family foundation work was, um, it has been a huge driver of them, you know, wanting to come into the business, wanting to, to help figure out how we're going. Yeah, I mean, and,
0: and you're sitting here answering questions that I was gonna ask that I don't have to ask, yeah. which is really about advice for other generational businesses, especially that want to maintain that to the next generation, whatever that is, yeah. which is people loosely throw throw around do well and do good. Yeah. You're actually doing it and have it Kind of formalized, and then others will come on and see the power of that.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think and want to con- and,
0: and, and then have to need not just get comfortable and rest, it, but I got to keep this machine going to right so that it can
1: do the work of do that work right because a hundred percent. and I think whatever that is for any business, you know, whether it's whether it's you know the family legacy or 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 what what the business is about I just think it's critically important um, it's the most fun thing that I do now is is kind of working with these um, the the next generation and how we're going and I kind of put in with this next generation these couple of partners that we have that that are in that kind of age range as well that um, it they, they've got to feel connected to it like we can't we can't have it be just come into the family business um, it's a good living um because that's not why any of us do this it's you know you know it's always it's always so whatever it is whatever that is at the heart i think it's critically important that you expose that heart you know and say hey this is what it's always been about for me it's it's always been about you know the employees and and the and the team or it's always been about the customers or or what those things mean um and I, are you
0: I, are you in and these generations of the family then Traveling the world and seeing the the results of your investment and your care and what the foundation's doing or what this what
1: Guards is enabling to happen. Yeah, so a little bit and um, for the first time actually, I uh, it's interesting you bring that up. Next month I'm uh, in October. I'm going to Ethiopia to to look at a, um, a mission that we've been supporting um, uh, uh, there and and are, are have been. It's about halfway through the. The build out of of uh, of what we've been um, hoping to to do there. I've got one of my brothers has gone um, into uh, Costa Rica to see some of the work that we've Wonderful. done there on building wells. I've been my sister and I went to Guatemala. Um, that was never kind of on the radar, but these opportunities sure. are they're cool. And I mean, you found really these cool. opportunities, or they found you? Um, mostly. Yeah a little bit of both, I guess I would say you know is um, so certainly you get on the radar um, with with folks and so but uh, ultimately um, you know we, we get pretty involved in the charities that we we've got a kind of a small number of charities that we that we support um, that we um, that we get pretty involved in get pretty deep on okay. you know, I, I'm on the board of uh, International Samaritan. I've got a brother who's on the board of Gleaners Food Bank. Um, so you know, like these things are. Um, we want to kind of know what's, um, you know, you know that what we're doing um, kind of fits what, what our mission is. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting, we're sitting here, Dan Weingart's at your
0: Utica. What do you call this? Headquarters, corporate offices, yeah,
1: something like that. The, yeah, Where yeah, it started.
0: Yeah, it, yep. And I'm an advertising guy, so. Yep people in the greater metro area that may listen to this podcast, who also are interested in family business, business family, you have this sort of wineguards Weingartz song, jingle if you'd call it in the business that's been around since, tell me, like when was that created? Who created yeah, that? What's that, the story that's of that? Great,
1: yeah, so I'm trying to think how long it's been now, so that's a great question, Jamie, is that, so. Um, that's a uh, commercial for my world, because that stuff works. Yeah, exactly, and so I, uh, Gosh, it's been—it's probably been about fifteen years now, um, and so I'm gonna—I'm uh, gonna mention one of your competitors. So no, that's all I, right. I know. Yeah, 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 I know. One. yeah. I'm I just kidding. Know. I'm just teasing. Is so? Skidmore, um, uh, we were with for a number of years, okay. and um, and when we were doing, they helped us kind of with a, a, a rebrand. And, um, and brand gosh, identity, graphics, extra, their design that. firm strength, but yeah, other things, okay? Yeah, a- absolutely. And so, part of that was, um, you know, we wanted to do, we were, you know, we've always done a fair amount of, of radio advertising, and so we said, let's do, uh, you know, let's do a jingle. I always like kind of the yep. earworm things, and, um, I will say is that, uh so, um, Tim Smith, um, who uh, is the owner of Skidmore. He and I were going back and forth on lots of different things, and and I kept on. It's, usually, I am uh, somebody who leaves creative to the creative, but I was pretty hands on And this deal. Is that is that I just kept on going back, and he would bring. I really like this. I you know I like. Really, I said, yeah, I just want something a little more annoying. I mm-hmm. just want something just you know, a little bit yeah. more annoying. It just, gets, just kept on, gets in your head. <laughs> kept yeah. on, we kept on going more, a little more annoying, a little more annoying until we got to this place. And um, it's been great. And so, yeah, it is probably, uh, we always say that there's two things that people usually know us by. It's either the jingle or the sign the, on the, the back phys- of 275. The physical uh, buildings uh, uh, and uh, passing yeah, route. Uh, and, yeah, and then,
0: yeah. so Tim, who the you know small world the small marketing world no you know passed away a couple years mm-hmm. ago and while this podcast is called generation excellence the focus is on the gen and the x so yep. it's a real that was like a real oomph because oh. you know a peer and a contemporary and all that and, and a good friend of mine and so the new th- i was happened to be with the current ceo of skidmore last night oh. uh at something yeah. and drew's a super guy yeah, too yep. so i root for them we're all yeah, kind of yeah. co- what is ever the word? Competitors and cooperators and stuff. Yeah, Was that then someone else doing them? It was, a, you know, like a Yesian or someone do the music, I'm just, you know. Yeah, right? yeah, yep. actually that's
1: exactly who it was. Yesian yeah, music yes, yes, did did that. That. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah.
0: Yep, we've immortalized that. Had to yeah. no. know yeah. <laughs> uh, the people who helped me do the post-production, this will also be interested in that. So had, yeah. had to ask about that. Sure. All right, we've gone into the past. We're talking about the future, the foundation. That's awesome. Just what, what are just some things that the business is dealing with right now? I mean, headlines. China, tariffs, steel, all, um, even power equipment is almost all gas oil mixture yeah. equipment, right? Electrification, wh- yeah. like all of that stuff. What well, if any of those are popping?
1: Well, you did some good homework there. Are you hitting on, I mean, really, you've hit on what the, the biggest, what I think the biggest issues are in our industry um, right now. So the, Right now, you know, with this growing um, parts sourcing business out of Asia, the tariffs have been uh, terribly impactful. I mean, and it it really has um, slowed the growth of that business in in a significant way because um, it it really has dramatically changed kind of the the marketplace as we're, um, because if you had inventory already, you're in better shape to be able to hedge some of that. Um, we're in a position where you know we're growing our inventories by exponentially, okay. and so so it's it's been it's been tough. Um, electrification is another one that is um, is something that we're we're trying to figure out exactly how to. So, the, if you want to say what's the like the big fear in this business is um, that there's not enough independent power equipment dealers is that, so so when you think it was, so a power equipment dealer, what we would say kind of full service dealer, they're a part sales and service operation. So not only do they sell the equipment, they've got a shop to repair it, and then they've got a parts, you know. They're not enough
0: of them because they've gone out of business,
1: or yeah. consolidation, or yeah, the the generational problem has has really the, struck. The next this. gen
0: didn't want to get into the
1: business, and yeah. these and and
0: some of these operations ceased to exist. exist right?
1: They don't scale. Uh, most businesses have not scaled, and so like you all have. yeah, exactly. And so there's a, there's a handful of us, you know, maybe a, a couple dozen of us throughout the country that have kind of reached scale. There's a lot of dealerships that are doing really well, you know, really nice operations that are profitable and doing well. But if it's not something that the next generation wants to come into, they're not tremendously saleable. Um, it's difficult for, you know, them to find buyers unless it's folks like us that have kind of done the scale thing. And so right. so it's it's been a and there was a lot of dealerships that started up like when we did after the war. And then again, kind of in um, in the 80s. Um, and so and so as those if kind of- If they
0: didn't computerize, if they didn't, you know, there, there's, a, there's, the industries are different of this podcast group that I'm interviewing. Yeah, The thematics across 50, 67 years are really similar. Yeah, um, yeah it is. And, and the people part
1: of it is. Yeah, well, because Main Street businesses, you know, Main yeah. Street businesses, there's just less of them, you know, they become, And so, so if we were to say, you know, what's the biggest fear? The biggest fear is that um, that you kind of go the way of the appliance store, and Mm -hmm. you know, the appliance store has really become uh, kind of a few and far between. Now they're coming back a little bit with high end, you know, kind of luxury appliances that that you see some places that are that are starting to you know pop up as independents or reinventing themselves, but as a as a big piece of the industry. So that's always our concern. Electrification certainly has the opportunity to um, make that to accelerate that. Is that because because you have less service, you have you know dramatic impact on the parts parts, part part of the the business business, too? Yeah. Yeah. So so those are things that are on our radar. Um, We are um, you know we're doing a lot with electric. Um, We are you know kind of in that mode all the time of trying to, you know, what's new, what do we, you know, what do we need to be a part of? Um, I would say, I think it's still several years away before it's a, a significant piece of the industry because it's just not quite there yet. There's a lot of the things that we sell have a pretty high torque that-, that, it that needs that. That, that, that uh-huh. battery, uh, the battery doesn't quite have yet, but but it'll get there. I mean, there's right. no question; it's it's going to happen, and so we're trying to stay on the front lines okay. of that as well. We talk
0: heavily about business. I guess I'm a little accused sometimes doing all business. And yeah. in addition to the foundation, which is attached to the business, but yep. it's really, what for yourself? I mean, what do you do to get away from the business to keep your keep sane to to balance all yeah. that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, and. Um, so, you know, I, I have four teenagers, so I'm, I'm busy. Um, and so so getting away from the business is not really a trouble because they've always got something going on that that, yes. I'm, um, that I'm doing. And so um, and uh, so so there's that. And you know, I you know, I enjoy kind of um, you know, it, it's funny we, we talk about um, like we do a family vacation every year. We work together all the time. And, and then we we all take our families together and we go on vacation. That's that's like a terrific. Um, so you know, do a little bit of traveling. I like to play, play golf that, once in a when while. When you all
0: get together and have that family vacation, yeah. is you, you you talk about and play and do other. You're not is it? Oh. It's not an offsite. No extended no.
1: conference about the business. No, okay. it's I, uh, stories about the business always come up because they're shared stories, right? right. And but. But no, we do no business. Yeah, and, you, uh, you and I talk do... about the eye rolls from the people not in the business. <laughs> yeah, 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 sharp elbows. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we've got you know lots of you know if there's a uh, my my parents have thirty yeah, I'm gonna get the number wrong thirty two I think grandchildren and so five of them are are in the business so there's way more when we go on vacation that aren't and so there's wow. lots of other things to talk about and so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a serious family tree. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 I mean, we've touched on a lot of stuff. A little cup, just a couple of last questions. I mean, what, I think it's probably that foundation, that work you're doing, but the sort of as you sit and look at it, and you're not reflecting, you know, not an age thing, but what's like the most fulfilling thing about this business and the Weingart story?
1: Yeah, um, it's still being written. So, I let me let me answer that a couple of different ways because so there's the the kind of the personal fulfillment. And um, so, cause that's, you know, I, I think that's part of it. So so the, the thing I'm most proud of, so s- certainly from the, from the business standpoint and what we've built is that I, I'm really proud that I think we're um, we're a business that lives up to its values. Okay. And, and that is um, now, you know, at any given time, could we, you know, falter and could we do sure. things? Certainly, but I think as it comes to, to it, when I think we're pretty honest with ourselves about um, who we are and, and when we're not who we wanna be of, of making sure that we correct that.
0: And, and the, those, I mean, I went to a conference years ago, family businesses, they were like values-based businesses or
1: valuable businesses, you're proof of that. W- what are some of those values? So, so we talk about, so it's um, industriousness, so, you know, hard work, integrity, Honesty, dependability, expertise. One of the things that we talk about is like we want to be the, the people that know. You know, if we're going to provide value to customers, we've got to know more. It can't just nice. be part of our. It's it can't just be something we do. It's got to be part of who we are. Um, and um, I'm sorry, I got off 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 track there. But those are the kinds of things. And and so and when we talk about you know we we kind of. Expand on those and honesty only counts as honesty if there's something to lose. Everybody's honest when there's nothing to lose. When you've got the opportunity to lose a big customer, or you got an opportunity that telling the truth is you know potentially harmful to your career or your you know your standing. Or as near, they say when no one is watching. When no <laughs> one is watching, that's yeah. when you know that's what we say is it's it's honesty a hundred percent. It's not you know, and so there's no gray areas and. And when you know, we talk about industriousness, it's not hard work for hard work's sake, but we'll never not uh, the other one is continuous improvement. Is that we'll never n- not do something because it's difficult.
0: When did you codify that short list of values? Um, do you recall? It, it's
1: they about were about a always a there years, since the yeah founding yeah exactly right, yeah but, about a dozen years ago okay yeah yeah and uh, and it, it was you know kind of important. For us, as we're you know bringing more people on in the management team, with with more
0: than five hundred people, how do you institutionalize that? How do the new people know about that? How do you
1: get that across? So everybody, everybody gets that. You know, from the time of, so every kind of big store meeting we have always starts with values. Is that so? We always and so we you know review you know just make everybody everybody's uh, orientation is you know it's it's a part of their orientation. We do progress reviews. We just started this in the last um, year. That our progress reviews all start Based with a values, values check. There's nice. a values check that we do before we, um, before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts. Is let's first talk about are you living, um, you know, our values on a regular basis. And so, um, so those are the things that, like, in grand scheme, I am I'm most proud of. Like the personal fulfillment, it really does come from this, I love to, to learn from others. And if somebody learns something from me, like that's a huge high. And so so if I can provide like when, you know, with our management team or with, you know, kind of this next generation coming up, um, I, I still think of myself as, you know, kind of um, way on the learning scale of the business, not the, I'm not the wise guy yet. Um, but when I'm able to do that, that's like, that's to me, that's the ultimate. I love that stuff. You're pretty wise. I, I,
0: I've learned a bunch here. I hope the listeners do as well. I, I can't top that. <laughs> Let's <laughs> le, we'll, we'll, We will leave it there. Lifelong learning is a big theme of mine. And I, I Dan, in my yards, I thank you so much. This was, this was great. A lot of fun. Thank you. Jim. Yeah, thank you. Generation Excellence is hosted by me, Jamie Michelson. With help from SMZers, Eric Freiberger, Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld. Thanks also to Randy and his team at Stage 3 Audio. Thank you for listening, and please give some of the other episodes a try. One more thing, if you have comments or a suggested future guest, please don't be afraid to contact me.